Hey, Jesse, this is Nikki. Um, I just wanted to deeply and sincerely apologise for not boosting your fragile little ego while addressing both of you on Facebook. I am so, so, so sorry. But who can actually blame me? Because I never listened to a date with Dolomar. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome to Ye Old Program, episode 712 of I Doubt It. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore. Joined today, lovely, talented, scholarly, needing a pep up, Brittany Page. Do you think that I have the right to judge people for their masks falling down under their nose? Yes. No, I mean like me specifically, knowing that I don't have that problem. Are you still on this? Well, I just want to know. You, if have I... a, you have a normal nose. I well, mean, it's a little bit knife-like. Yeah, it's like a triangle on my face. Yeah. But what I'm saying is... But it's normal. No, I know. But what I'm saying is, do I have the right to judge other people when like, they just have kind of normal... Like a slumpy nose. Noses that, in mine, just is like a perfect mask holder, you know? Yeah, I... <laughs> What do you think? I'm really looking for I'm advice trying, on I'm this. I'm trying to think. Well, one, I also don't have that problem because I have a giant fucking pumpkin head. So, like, in the beginning, we bought masks that would, like, be, I guess, more... Which masks are you talking about? The, non-meta- the non-surgical looking ones. Remember the, the black bandanas? Ones? Yeah, you know, the black, no, not the very first, but... We bought these ones that like go way up on the nose and then cut down so you can like wear glasses and they're not supposed to fog up. Hmm. And they like cut into my little tiny elf ears. Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody's ever noticed. <laughs> but look, I'm 6'3", 270 pounds. I have a giant fucking melon and I have disproportionately small ears. Like they're freakishly small. Okay. So anyway, the, the, the mask would cut Almost cutting off the little strands that strap around your ears almost cut off my ears. <laughs> it was a serious. I almost had to call 911. Sure. So I do think about that because I see people and it's like they have this mask that just doesn't fit their tiny little pinhead mm-hmm. or it's drooping off their ears and they don't have the mechanism by which to tighten the straps. Uh-huh. So sometimes I have to check my anger. Yeah. Like I want to ro- run over there and smash their head with a brick, but I don't because I think, ah. Maybe I should slow my roll a little bit. Well, I think that at this point, though, everyone should have found a mask that fits. Like, I think in the beginning, it was more understandable, right? When you would see someone with a mask that was just falling off their head because it wasn't the right size or whatever. And all these things that say one size fits all, like, it's it's not true. It's just not true. No, fuck you, no. You, those adjustable ear loops are really important. There's different things. But... If you don't have a mask that fits you appropriately now, you haven't 
that's not an important thing for you. you. You don't find it important to have a mask that works. That's that's what I think. So getting back to the question, um, is it do you have the right to judge? Yeah. Because like Bernie Sanders today, Bernie Sanders today was talking on the floor and his mask was almost in his mouth. I mean, at a certain point, (laughs) you could see his top lip and I could see into his mouth hole. Yes. And that is, you know, that's happening. That has to feel very uncomfortable. You're 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 wrestling the mask out of your mouth while you're talking. It has to be uncomfortable. We, We can see what's happening at a certain point. He finally paused and pulled it back up. But I'm like. Almost after he ate it for lunch. I mean, it was it was getting to be excessive. <laughs> Everything's a little slumpy with Bernie Sanders, though. The shoulders, the hair, the voice, uh, the thing with the deal. He's you know he's fucking Bernie Sanders. You you kind of expect, um, kind of a lackadaisical attitude uh, toward the mask. You not, do? No, not, well, no. he cares so much about other people. No, though. no, no. I don't mean like toward the concept of the mask, but just everything. He wears his clothes kind of sloppy. I think it's just a matter of, you know, and one, I know there's been controversy around people wearing, not wearing masks on the Senate floor, like Sherrod Brown right. gave somebody shit about it. The Senate chamber's a big fucking place. Hmm. You're for sure farther than six or 15 feet away from somebody because the Senate chamber's always empty, save a few bodies in there who are given speeches. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that important in that particular case, but the lady at the grocery store or the clown at the at the at the at the 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 drive-in or the not the drive-in but the in line waiting to pick up food or something. Okay. Yeah, it's like the clown at the drive-in. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I can. I'm okay. That's fine. You, Jesse, stamp of approval. I Perfect. wish I had a stamp sign. Perfect. Sound. All right. I don't. Well, speaking of people who care about other people, we got a gift in the mail from Kelly, and we have been forgetting to discuss it. So Kelly from New England, we- longtime listener, longtime supporter of the show, longtime sender of gifts to we, the show. We also got the gifts maybe two weeks ago. I mean, yes. it's, it's been too fucking long yeah. that we haven't mentioned it. Yeah. So she sent us, well, things that she typically sends. Books and booze. Books and booze. She sent us a, a bottle of rum, which was very nice. We have tried it, and it is very delicious. Thank you for that, Kelly. Mm. She also sent us red hats that look like Make America Great Again hats, but they say, made you look Black Lives Matter, yeah. and I will not be wearing this in public um, because... I'm wearing one right now, and I'm not even going to wear it out to, to the fucking mailbox. Yeah, I mean, it's really risky with a red hat, and I don't want people on either side thinking anything. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> you she, know? she's one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's pretty That's pretty risky yeah, yeah, in yeah. public. She also sent us a, a bumper sticker. It says, fine, Biden, but this is bullshit, 2020. <laughs> and it looks like a Biden campaign sticker. Yeah. And then uh, she sent us three books as well. Fantastic. Very nice. As always, we love, love, love Kelly from New England. She is awesome. And I'm sure that she doesn't give gifts and send us things in anticipation of needing a a shout out. But uh, she gets one anyway. Yeah, of course. Good time. It's Kelly. So last time on the show. And thank you, Kelly. Thank you. We, We appreciate you. If I didn't. That didn't come across in my <laughs> over the top. 
Um, last time on the show, I briefly mentioned in passing that a guy named Anthony Blinken, who is now Joe Biden's nominee to be the Secretary of State of these United States. And I mentioned that he has a, uh, he has a, a Spotify. And his Spotify is A. Blinken. Not mm. A. Blinken. A. All one word. A. Blinken. Oh. B-L-I-K-E-N. It did sound like A. Blinken, though. It did, yeah. A. Blinken. It still sounds like <laughs> it. Anyway, I want to play a couple, not full tunes, because that's uh, getting a little out of control. But when, when Brittany and I were just talking about it, I was thinking about how we were going to do this without me sounding like a making fun of this guy. And as much as I don't enjoy the music, I do think, one, it takes uh, some talent because he's singing and playing guitar here. He has some talent. I don't know if he's talented enough to have his own Spotify channel. But uh, it's just for me, it's a little weird having two songs on Spotify and then once you're announced to be and weird in a fun, goofy way, not weird in like a this is problematic. But then after he was announced to be the nominee to be Secretary of State, another song showed up. So now there's three, three songs for a likely Secretary of State. So let's let's start with lip service, which I gotta tell you, it's a little incelly. Wait till the vocals. Real good. <laughs> I took a look around, nothing to see. But then I finally found somebody like me. I wanted to tell ya, but I was so afraid. Yeah. Yeah. You said you liked me fine, but not in that way. Oh, was it such a crime to want you to stay? And then I came on to you, but you said let's just be friends, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it seems a little incelly. It's, uh, I... I wanted you, and you fucking said no. It's like the guy's getting friend zone, but but then he said yeah. But no, no, he's saying, and I came on to you, yeah. I mean, he's like oh. being like too cool guy or something. I was really, I was dancing. I yeah, thought it was a were. great song. I'm really into it. But you said let's just be friends, yeah. But you said let's just be friends, yeah. What, well, I'm waiting. Well, what does he think after the just be friends? I mean, that really kind of would drive your incel point home. Is he accepting of that or is he going to say no? No, I'm sure. He, you know, I'm being tongue in cheek. OK, you don't hold my fucking feet to the fire here. Well, if you're going to call someone an incel, I, said, I would assume that uh, there's evidence what I said. to support it. I said it was a little bit incel-y. Well, there's incel-esque, incel-ish. So far, there's nothing to support your Elliot Roger theory. So... You said he was Elliot Rodgers. Didn't. <laughs> so this is really falling apart. So I'm just wondering when this guy sits down across the table from Sergei Lavrov, you know, the the, the foreign minister of, of Russia, when he when he walks into the room, are they going to like, this is his like walk on music, like in baseball? Oh, right. Are they going to play this? Or, or are they going to play the, the without ya? 
Mm. Not without you, without ya. Oh, Drum yeah. Drum machine magic. Nice. Women on the mind. Look around and I do see. <laughs> Woman's got the best of me. No good. No good. I can't anyway. It, I, I find it funny. I also, I think it take, must take some kind of special sense of confidence to even become, uh, to accept the nomination to be Secretary of State. So. In 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 keeping with that, he's got a Spotify channel. Well, I I googled to see how old he was, and also to see if he was in a relationship, since he a lot of his songs are about love. Well, I think a lot of songs are about love. That's true, but like he seems to have ladies on the mind. I believe is what he said. <laughs> so that's unique. You never hear about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wait until he's sitting across the table with Angela Merkel. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's he's 58. He'll be 59 in April. Yeah, a youngish guy. And he I mean he's he's worked in the government for a long time. Yeah, he's yeah, had yeah. very high-level positions at the state department in fact. Yeah, so and he's been married since 2002. So I I would assume So not Elliot Roger. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? I mean, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but I think it, listen, I was a little grooving a little bit to the songs. Oh, it's because it, there's like, rhythm. Like there's elements of it that are anyway, it's, okay. It's not great. It's not great for sure. But, you know, like you said, you got to admire the effort. I mean, listen, if this was <laughs> 2004, yeah. this guy would have a fucking MySpace page. Yes. Band page. And but it instead- would probably be successful. <laughs> instead, instead, he's uh, he's got Spotify. Yeah. And the State Department. Soon, the State Department. Well, we'll see on his 2020 Spotify wrapped how popular his Spotify page was. I fucking hope. Well, I, I wonder if that's why he added the third song Yeah, he's on like, November 21st. Yeah, everyone's going to it. I Googled, like, Rolling Stone wrote an article about it. So he was getting some, he had a little bit of a spotlight on his on his music. So got to yeah, use he's it. Only, it's only, like, lip service. The the incel song, as I'm calling it, uh, oh, keeping that going, huh? Yeah, he uh, he only has thirty four thousand streams on that. Oh, I mean, okay. so it's not a lot. Yeah, and it wasn't much fewer than that when I first checked it out. So it's huh. not like he's getting a ton of traffic. Right. This latest one, without ya, has twelve hundred. Well, anyway, I think we've beaten this horse. Listen, now that we straight to death. Now that we've given these previews, I think it's really gonna pop off. Oh, now yeah. that people have gotten a taste. Now that, that Britney P and Jesse D have spoken about it. Sure. He's going to be rolling in the fucking uh, streaming revenues right. from Spotify. You're welcome, Tony. Tony, get at us, brother. Maybe you should write a write a new theme song. Yeah. A new intro song for the Ooh, show. Yeah. And because we've promoted your completely not at all incel music. <laughs> We can have him on the show as a guest. You yeah. Know, that would be a pretty big get, a Secretary of State. Maybe he could do a live song on the show. <laughs> that would be a treat. Maybe like Howard Stern does, has music or musicians in studio. Exactly. <laughs> now we're on to something. We're always on to something. I'm just not sure what, what, it, what it is. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of on to something, we are now on to listener communication, as we always do. Before we play these voicemails, I want to um, encourage you to call in if you have something to say, if you have a question, if you have a query, anything. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo. Keep them fewer than three minutes. Keep them fewer than two and a half if you're great. To I doubt it at dollamore.com. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's Josh from Wisconsin. I uh, just wanted to actually talk about a couple points that you guys brought up in your 7-Eleven podcast. Um, the main first one I wanted to address was the issue about uh, African-Americans as well as other minorities having such mistrust with the medical community that the, you know, they don't trust the upcoming COVID vaccine that's coming out. Um, looking back at it, I've just all the bullshit that African-Americans as well as all minorities, in fact, have had to deal with from the medical community and the government is just disgusting and astounding when you actually get out of the whitewashed American history and look, make an in-depth look at it. Just the Tuskegee experiments alone, but you've also got issues where African-American women would suffer miscarriages and other medical emergencies They, for reproductive health. They would go into the doctors. They would have, and then under false pretenses, these doctors would give them hysterectomies without their consent or knowledge. So you, you have decades of history of forced sterilization, experiments, the history of drug use in the African-American communities fueled by law enforcement and the government. You've got, as well as doctors with their own racial biases and their own prejudices, where African-Americans would go to the doctor for help and they would be treated like their pain is nothing because of stereotypes that African-Americans are supposed to be tough and they're supposed to be able to fight pain and that they just, they're drug users, so they're just trying to get drugs and all these other misconceptions that have plagued the medical community. And there have been countless studies published in medical journals on this topic. I'm actually going to link one to your guys' Twitter account. Hopefully you can see it or if anybody else wants to look it up and wade through the cesspool of Twitter to find it. But as well as the other point I wanted to talk about was the story that you guys covered from KTLA on homeless encampments in Los Angeles. I had to Google it, but unfortunately KTLA is one of those Sinclair broadcast group stations where if you know anything about these Sinclair groups, it's all conservative-run right-wing propaganda bullshit disguised as local news, and you could tell that coming out from the story of the the coverage that they provided, which was absolute garbage, where it's basically trying to blame homeless people for a situation out of their control, trying to portray them as trash human beings that should be swept off the sidewalk, hidden from humanity. And one of the things you mentioned that just really pisses me off about these kind of stories is how many of these people are homeless veterans that we continuously shit on, homeless veterans that gave and the Google hammer was dropped. Oh, that's a bummer. Google Voice. Mm-hmm. I, I understand what he's saying, though. That, um, I mean, I, I would push back that a homeless veteran has no more worth or value than someone who didn't serve who's homeless. Um, we just, in our American vernacular, tend to lionize, although we still don't do a fucking thing for them, uh, homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Listen, uh, all good points, absolutely true. 
I wish that the hesitancy wasn't there related to the vaccine, but it, it is. In, in fact, that's what the next call is about. Thank you, Josh, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Hi, this is Wamara from Houston. Wamara. I believe I was right. <laughs> oh, that's what this is about. Well, when I said Lamara or Wamara, yeah. I didn't name, I don't remember naming the one that I thought it was. <laughs> Everyone's just going to have to trust me that the one I thought it was in my head right. was Wamara. Okay. We'll like, trust you. Thank you. Yeah. God, that's really generous of mm-hmm. you. Yep. Fantastic. Back to Wamara. Hi, this is Wamara from Houston, and it's Wamara. I know last time y'all were wondering. Um, I was calling because I was listening to episode 711, and you were just now talking about the black community and the vaccine. I can tell you I'm one of those people. I cannot see me taking this vaccine for the next two years. One, because it generally takes two to three years to even find out the side effects of a vaccine. My father's a chemist. He studied vaccines before. This is something we've talked about. It normally takes two to three years to even know the side effects, first of all. Second of all, as a person of color, the medical field is very hard for me to be trust. One, they don't recognize black women's pain. They don't recognize us when we're sick and I'm supposed to trust the vaccine that's actually no odds. A vaccine that has not been properly tested, I can't let my black people have been guinea pigs for so long when it comes to the medical field, from when it comes to the history of gynecology, when it comes to the Tuskegee experiments, when it, we have such a bad history of us being the guinea pigs when it comes to the medical field, I am not willing to use my body or my children or my husband's body as a testing ground. And I know a lot of people in our community who feel the same way. It's It seems crazy that they could even develop one in eight months. It normally takes them 10 years. You develop this in eight months and I'm supposed to trust it? Nah, I can't see it happening. I've just come to the conclusion that I'm going to have to wear a mask for the next four years. That me and my family are going to just be those mask people. Even after the vaccine comes out, that we're just going to be walking around wearing a mask and being extra vigilant and extra safe. But as for the vaccine, I can't see you doing it. And I'm in Houston, where the numbers are horrendous, mainly because people are idiots and won't wear masks. But, yeah, I, I can't see it happening. Well, that being said, um, Brittany is the best part. Love your show. Bye. Love the show. Brittany is the best part. Bye. I want to say, my, my instinct is to say I completely understand, even though I don't understand because I'm fucking white. But let me push back one way, and that is this is different in the fact that it is not being administered solely to black Americans black people in America. This is widespread, whites, old, young, or 17 and above. 16. 16 and above. Um, 
Asian, whatever your particular ethnicity or race or however you want to classify it is, it's going to be for you. So it's not a guinea pig situation in that way. Look, I understand. I think that there's, it's rational to have some concerns about the rapidity with which this thing was developed. I get that. But I have enough trust in the system. Again, you know, silver lining, positive, optimistic Jesse. I have enough trust in the system and what has taken place thus far to as soon as it's available to me, I'm going to go out there and get the fucking, I'm going to get this thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be like Wamar is willing to be and be a fucking mask person for four years. Uh, that's, I fucking hate a mask. I hate <laughs> a fucking mask. Yeah. Well, and I I definitely also sympathize with Wamara and where she's at and her perspective on this because it is. It's, it's scary to think about yeah, yeah. the the horrors that have been inflicted on black Americans in this country and not even just the horrors, but also just the inattention that is paid to their health. And, um, like even like clinical trials of, of, or psychological studies, medical studies, any kind of research, it's, they're completely left out of the, of, of the metric. Yeah. I've even seen like, uh, medical textbooks, it's rare or not as common, at least, for certain skin things or different disorders that show up on the on the skin. It's often presented with white skin, and you're not taught how to identify it on darker skin oh, tones, yeah. things like that in medical school. And so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely legitimate concerns, and this is something that people are going to have to navigate. I think what you said Jesse about trusting the system that's obviously more difficult for people who have been Absolutely. abused by the system but I I share your perspective in at least trying myself to have trust in the system and for me my perspective is that I already rely on the expertise of so many people because I don't know things and so it I mean it's what we all have to do right yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't know everything about everything and so we have to trust in experts that we deem trustworthy and so I have kind of selected those people that know more than me on this area and I look to them and I say oh okay this person is saying that this is good to go that that we should be ready to take it and so I'm taking that and I'm running with it but I also understand that I'm in a a different position but but it's also it's a great point but the other part of that is that you don't just pick at random somebody that you want to be trustworthy you pick someone who has a long track record, let's say like Anthony Fauci, right? a long track record of trustworthiness. Yes. Of uh, the ability to place trust in this person. Yeah. So you don't just, you know, some fucking rando doctor that you saw on some news show. Mm-hmm. You're, we're talking about somebody with decades and decades of a track record of believability. Oh, no. I was talking about one of the hosts of The Doctors. Well, for me, it's Pete Hegseth. <laughs> The B-team fucking weekend guy on Fox and Friends. Yeah. You know, the one who doesn't wash his hands because he can't see germs, so they don't exist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that sounds like a good policy. I'm sure that's working well for him right now. Yeah, what a fucking dumb fuck. What a beautiful approach. Fox News. Anyway, Wamara, Josh, thank you very much for the calls. We appreciate it very much. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. 
Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporter, Mark S. Mark S. And Gloria S. And Gloria S. Yes. It's the day of the S's. So thank you to each and every one of you for supporting us on Patreon. We very much appreciate it. Remember that we are doing our Patreon hangouts for those in the Patreon hangout tier next weekend. So we're doing it the week before Christmas. Typically, it's the last weekend of the month, but we're moving it up because we assume that people will not be joining us for Christmas. Holidays are fucking us all up. Yes, so it's going to be Friday, December 18th at 7 p.m. Los Angeles time and December, Saturday, December 19th at 11 a.m. Los Angeles time. So thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon uh, through donations on PayPal. We very much appreciate each and every one of you for listening to us and interacting with the show. Make sure that if you haven't interacted with the show and you feel hesitant, Save the contact information in your phone. Makes it very easy. You're listening to the show. We say something that enrages you or that makes you very pleased. Either way, whatever happens. <laughs> what what could possibly enrage anyone about this? Part- I mean, unless you're Tony Blinken. <laughs> unless you're Tony Blinken, there's really no reason to be enraged about this content. I gave him some compliments. I think he. I think he'll be fine. I. I He's going to be the Secretary of State. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be okay. So 657-464-7609 or idoubtit at dollamore.com. Yes. All right. Moving on, everybody. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So just to kind of give a background of where we are as a country before we talk about the next story, because it's important context for what we're going to talk about with Bernie Sanders and his his speech today. Um, Nine million renters said that they are behind on rent, according to the Census Bureau. Twelve million renters will owe an average of five thousand eight hundred fifty in back rent and utilities by January. How nine million? Twelve million. Twelve million. Right. And remember that number five thousand eight hundred fifty. Well, okay? remember that number taken into context whether or not you'd be able to pull fifty eight hundred bucks out of your ass to pay for back rent and back utilities. Right. The eviction moratorium is up January 1st. Yeah. So in many cases, these millions of Americans that are that are facing paying back rent, facing eviction, that protection is no longer going to be in place and landlords are going to be able to go after them. Weird how the House adjourned this evening without any deal, without anything concrete. And then... Good fucking job, Nancy Pelosi. Good job. And then 26 million Americans say they don't have enough to eat each week. And that's according to the latest census data. 26 million Americans. Wow. Okay. So what's happening now is Bernie Sanders and Josh Hawley. So Republican senator from, from Missouri, former secretary of state of Missouri. Right. They're teaming up to push a vote on a second round of stimulus checks. 
obviously Bernie Sanders is Bernie Sanders and uh, Josh Hawley is a Republican. So he's also fucking hee haw Hawley. He, the guy is not great. So it's pretty remarkable that he's stepping up in this moment. Yeah. So they are introducing a proposal. They introduced it today that would provide a second round of stimulus checks. That would be $1,200 to individuals who make up to $75,000. This is kind of mirroring language that was in the CARES Act in March. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that I told you to remember that figure of back pay is because $1,200 right. is going to do nothing for people who owe an average of $5,800 in rent. Now, I'm not trying to say don't send it. Yes, for sure, send it, get it out. Um, I see the pain of what's happening for people every day at my job. And this is very real and this is very scary. And there are people that are very fearful of when this protection, the eviction moratorium is lifted about what's going to happen. And very real, rational fears, too. Yeah. And and so, yes, the payment is very, very important. I'm glad that this is happening. (laughs) But it's so disappointing that it's not going further. So not enough. I'm really happy that Bernie Sanders took to the floor and talked. He talked for, I think, almost 20 minutes, or at least that's the clip I pulled this from. Uh, But we're going to play about like three minutes of it for you. When a national emergency occurs, the United States government must respond. And we are in a national emergency today. To get out of Washington, to turn our backs on the suffering of so many men, women, and children in Vermont and in every other state in this country would be immoral, it would be unconscionable, and we cannot allow that to happen. Again, we must make certain that every working family in this country receives a $1,200 direct payment plus $500 for their kids. That is the least that we can do. Madam President, let me be as clear as I can be. Today, as a result of the horrific pandemic and economic meltdown, the American working class is hurting in a way that has not been experienced since the Great Depression of the 1930s. In terms of public health, yesterday alone, yesterday, over 220,000 Americans were diagnosed with COVID-19 yesterday. And tragically, over 3,000 died from this horrific virus. We are experiencing now some of the worst days in terms of cases being diagnosed, in terms of hospitalization, in terms of death. That is where we are today. In other words, more Americans were killed by the coronavirus yesterday than were killed on 9-11.
So Bernie Sanders was joined by five other progressive Democrats on Tuesday in a letter that they released urging their Senate colleagues to demand $1,200 stimulus checks, as he just called for, uh, Warren, Markey, Wyden, Merkley, and Gillibrand. So this is promising in that, like you said, what did you call him? Holly? He ha Holly. Okay. I call him. Is that he- something that you came up with, or is that his nickname? Oh no, it's not. I I called him that in a video. Oh, okay. a while back. I see. Holly, he ha or something. I don't know. I it was something about he ha. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's promising that they're joining together because or maybe it was Tom Cotton. I called he ha. Who fucking knows? Missouri, Arkansas, tomato pajamas, whatever. Okay. So, the reason for this, I also would assume, is that Mitch McConnell is refusing to do anything. He's refusing to budge. Yeah, for sure. Unless whatever they pass includes protections for corporations that screw over their employees in times of COVID, uh, protect them from litigation. So... It's it's remarkable how Mitch McConnell <laughs> was reelected and is still ruining so many lives. It is uh, as good a news as it is that it looks like there's going to be a $1,200 stimulus payment that goes out. It's not enough. Not enough at all. There should be a $2,000 payment in perpetuity to make up for lost time, plus a $500 credit for kids. And I think that the the, the, the the income cap is is fine. Seventy five thousand. Maybe make it eighty five thousand. But more needs to be done because people are in dire straits right now. Those numbers that you mentioned about uh, eviction and tw- almost twenty, almost thirty million Americans don't have enough to eat on a weekly basis. And that's not that's not a load that food banks can carry. And remember that you also have Republicans standing in the way and they don't want to increase money for SNAP. Of course not. The Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program. Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. I don't think it's nutritional. I think it's Supplemental Nutrition. nutrition. It's food stamps. Yeah, SNAP. Why can't they just call it food stamps? Well, because <laughs> I think they're probably trying to move away from that given how everyone maligns people who use them. So they want to call it something different. Right. And also, there's no more Monopoly money like it used to be when I was a kid. And we had it. Sure. Well, well, we had a debit card. and Right. We we had Monopoly money. Yeah, but here was the thing. So you would go to the grocery store, and you wouldn't just be able to scan it like a debit card. You would have to tell the cashier in advance that you were running a food stamp card. Yeah. And I swear to God, I would be so horrified in the grocery store when we would go. I would be trying to hide because... Inevitably, we would see people from my school there. And I remember this one cashier in particular, I swear to God, she was asking my mom, she's like, is it cash or food stamps? And like (laughs) yelled it out loud. And I'm standing there as a teenager wanting to die. It was horrifying. I I think I ran out to the car. Just crawl inside yourself. Listen, I... We had the same kind of a thing. I had free lunch, free school lunch as a kid. Yeah. And they used to punch your ticket and then go and write a tally on the fucking poor kid mark. Oh, perfect. Right. I mean, right after it's like punch, tally, poor kid. So it's like everybody fucking knows. Great. Yeah. 
It's, I mean, it's, it's terrible. Not not great. Well, should we Especially, keep going? Because I have more stories. Yeah, lay okay. it on me. Well, no. So my sister, she got a free winter coat from like the co- poor kid winter coat program at elementary school. And they gave all the poor kids the same winter oh coat. Oh, my God. And so they all had this same blue puffy coat. And so you could just tell <laughs> like who all the poor kid. kids yeah. were. What's, what's going on? Who has these ideas? <laughs> what is the deal? Yeah, well, you know, hey, listen. They should be grateful for the fucking coat. Sure. That's, that's the attitude. Yeah, great. Come on, man. So anyway, obviously you can tell where our passion comes from for this issue when we talk about... Hey, fuck them. Pull themselves up with their bootstraps. If you don't have $5,900 to pay toward back rent and utilities, maybe you should have planned a little better. Maybe you should have anticipated a pandemic where we were forced to be mask people for fucking a year. Or in Wamara's case, five years. Mm-hmm. Well, so what I was talking about related to SNAP, we kind of went off on a tangent, was that um, the Congress didn't even want to raise SNAP by 15%. Like, that's that's something that is... Deal breaker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait. What? You want to raise it 15%? We can't do that. We can't do that. These Listen, are- poor people in America have had it too good for too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> and food banks, like I said, they can't do it. You you go talk to people who work at food banks, who run food banks. There's articles about it all the time. Follow at Talk Poverty on Twitter. And they cannot do this. They cannot just do it through food donations. They need the federal government's yeah. assistance. I, I heard from someone, an interview or something today, where someone talked about someone used to donate to their food bank and be like a volunteer and help out. And now they're using the services of the food bank because... They're on hard times because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So listen, our government owes us more and they're not getting it done. And that doesn't just go for these fucking asshole Republicans who don't give a fuck about the poor. It goes for Democrats who control the House and whether they adjourn or whether they stay in session. Like Nancy Pelosi. Do better. Be better. Millions and tens and tens of millions of Americans deserve better. It's why our fucking government exists in the first place. It's not to wage wars. It's to promote the general welfare. Secure the blessings of liberty. These are our founding fucking principles. If we can't live up to them, then fuck, what good are we? Well, and the thing that Bernie Sanders said at the end there about more Americans dying yesterday than on 9-11, that should really uh, hit a chord, strike a chord with people that consider themselves like these America-loving patriots, right? That really... Uh, like take the time to put up their post every September 11th Twin on Facebook towers, yeah. and who are now out in the streets having their, their freedom rallies, breaking curfew and saying that they don't want to wear a mask. You know, it's, it's the same people who want businesses to be open, right? But won't wear a fucking mask pro business idiots who are contributing to the businesses being closed. Right. If you're pro business, you should be pro mask. I mean, Absolutely. that seems pretty straightforward. Unless, well, unless you're a fucking idiot. 
Well, this so this happened in Boise, right, where there was a a big rally and they had to shut down. I think it was like a virtual press conference because protesters had showed up at the homes of local government leaders and like scaring their children at their homes yeah. and it you know it's just a disaster and also in Boise they vandalized the Anne Frank Memorial with swastikas with the same stickers that guy in San Francisco I don't know, we talked about it on the show we but did yeah walked around with his um we are everywhere right the guy who, with the Nazi stickers yeah the guy who confronted him we played the audio of it and said what are you doing get these out of my, yeah, my yeah, town yeah. those stickers were all over the Anne Frank Memorial in Boise Idaho yeah so it's it's pretty alarming that all of this is happening at once. Sometimes I feel like I read through the news on my feed and it's just kind of it's so much terror and suffering that it can it can feel exhausting at times. But one thing that I think is is helpful to remind myself of is how many helpers there are, how many people are continuing to show up as essential workers in being there for the most vulnerable and helping to get people the resources that they need, the health care that they need. And anyone who's listening to this that falls within that category, whether you are an essential worker, you're a healthcare worker, you're a therapist, you're a social worker. Um, Helping or, profession. Or you work at the grocery store yeah. and you are checking people out. You're, you're, a, you're an essential worker. There's so many different people that fall under that umbrella that are still going to work every day in the middle of a pandemic uh, without getting the government assistance that you should be getting. And anyone who is waking up each day doing that, kudos to you. Yeah. Working in service to others. It's, yeah. there, there's no higher calling. For sure. Anyway, um, the other thing that happened this week, we kind of got caught up into that. Yeah. Is uh, it's been kind of a, a sight to behold. And it is. The it's related to the election nonsense and Donald Trump and his side. But there's a particular character over at Fox News or Fox Business. I'm not sure which network he's at. It's kind of all the fucking same. Lou Dobbs. <laughs> and he's really having a bad week, Brittany. Oh. It's fucking meltdown central over there on the Lou Dobbs show. When does he have good weeks? When was his last good week? Who, well, maybe when he worked on CNN. When did he work on oh, CNN? Oh, he was a he was an anchor. Really? On CNN, yeah. He also has Idaho connections somehow. How long ago did he work on CNN? Did he have his own show? He was like yeah. Chris Cuomo? Yep, yeah. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. So anyway, first he had Stephen Miller on. And he's he he is just befuddled as fuck Lou Dobbs is. And it is... it is, Anyway, I'm just going to play it. Because then we're going to play a, a clip with him and Sidney Powell, the... Fire the on again, off again, on again, off again lawyer of Donald Trump and Michael Flynn, who is the conspiracy nutter butter about uh, widespread election fraud. But first, Stephen Miller. Republicans do nothing, Stephen. Nothing. It's it's what it's, in it's hell an outrage. Is wrong. It's, well, right. What's wrong with and, the and Republican Party? Where is the outrage? It's really on the tens of millions. Tens of millions of ballots. Where the hell are the Republicans? No, sig no signature checks. Where the hell are the yeah. Republicans? You're right. Where are they? Tens of millions of ballots nationwide. No signature checks. No citizenship checks. No residency checks. No age checks. No criminal record checks. Not even checking if you're alive or dead. Are we a third world country? Are we a banana republic? 
What has it come to? If Did you anybody count ever, only legal ballots yeah, well, I, from U.S. citizens, let me tell you what this it's president to. gets four more years. <laughs> wow. Let me, and, 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 you know, from your lips to God's ears, uh, the reality is that this president right now is fighting, and let's be straightforward about it. He's fighting all alone. And Ted Cruz has stepped up to say he'll argue before the Supreme Court. Why on God's green earth wouldn't the White House jump on it? Why shouldn't they accept that right now? And I'll just say this one other thing, though. If three state legislatures, I just outlined, one correction in Wisconsin. No, no, Stephen, I won't let you say I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you do that. I'm not going to let you do that. I ask a question. You and I, we're reasonably smart and decent fellows. Why don't you answer me? That's all I'm asking here, Stephen. Why don't you guys jump and salute Ted Cruz and say, yes, we want you on the team now? My God, this is not a time for internecine nonsense on the part of the Republican Party, which is watching its blood drain into the streets because they're gutless. Going on to call him gutless. <laughs> I was starting to wonder, wait, who hosts this show? They were talking over each other a Well, lot. the other thing is you, you, you could tell that Stephen Miller knows that it's a softball Fox News interview, so he gets, a, he gets right up on the passionate soapbox and starts preaching away, you know. Ugh. Anyway, so he, we're going to end with this clip. Lou Dobbs and former Trump attorney in the election matters, Sidney Powell. Yes, well, the American people are going to have to insist on paper ballots with real identification. That's going to be one of the well, key things to Well, that's going to be great to for stop. the next... I'm, I'm not even... I'm, Sydney, I've got to tell you, I'm not even going to contemplate the next election. <laughs> I'm not even contemplating the January 5th election in Georgia. The hell with that. If the people of Georgia are dumb enough after what they have gone through in the November 3rd election to then go toward January 5th and a runoff and think that changing nothing will change the outcome, then the people of Georgia aren't half as smart as I believe them to be. And I believe the patriots in Georgia should stop this nonsense now. It is not something that to be decided about uh, over who do you favor, which party, which uh, candidate. This is now about faith in the electoral system in one specific state that may control the destiny of this country. And by God, it's too important for anyone. And I don't care what party you're in. I don't care whether you're an independent. This is too important to act as if nothing happened on November 3rd and to pretend that there will be a different outcome on January 5th. It's idiotic. So Lou Dobbs, though, he may sound unhinged to some people who are listening to him. You may think this is like radical, unhinged Fox News talk. This can't be mainstream. But you've heard about the Texas lawsuit, right? Yeah, with 17 or 18 states joining the complaint. 18 state attorney generals and 106 House Republicans. It is. They're they're trying to overturn the results of the election. I mean, have we talked about what the Texas lawsuit is? It's taking issue with changes to election procedures in four battleground states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. It's unlikely that Texas even has standing in the lawsuit to the Supreme Court 
but all the states that are that are being um, named in the lawsuit, I think you just named Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. Right. I think I kind of blended them all together yeah, last time. One, it's <laughs> it's only states that Trump lost in. Yeah. That they they have issue with. If they're not suing Idaho, they're not suing Montana or North Dakota, South Dakota, Indiana, Ohio, Florida. They're suing the states that Trump lost in. Get mm-hmm. the fuck out of here. Yeah. But anyway, it is Pennsylvania. If you want to hear, we're not going to go into de- detail here because I talked about it in a video uh, tonight that you could listen to. Um, they put forth a scathing rebuke of this website. Uh, of this website. I got Our website's down right now, so I've got that on my mind. Um, of, this, of this lawsuit. And they are, uh, they called it seditious, in fact. I mean, they're really going hard about how just un-American... And uh, anti-democratic this is. So, mm-hmm. and, but this is what what Lou Dobbs represents right now. This is this is what anybody who is an ass licking sycophant, um, like Lou Dobbs, a bootlicker to Donald Trump. This is what their role is right now, including those hundred some members of Congress who have also joined the lawsuit. Well, and Ted Cruz has agreed to argue the case right. before the court if the justices agree to hear it. Yeah, there's not a chance it's going to get to the Supreme Court. I think Ted Cruz knows that, but he's he's a conniving scumbag, so he's got other motivations. Yeah. Because he wants to be able to appeal to MAGA voters It come his turn to run for president. Sure. I, that's my take. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to know what goes through the minds of these people. Tough to know. It sure does. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to end it there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We would invite you to, one, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and two, consider supporting our work on Patreon. You can go to teamdollamore.com. Remember that? That's a website. Yeah, it is. Teamdollamore.com. That'll redirect you to patreon.com. You can choose your tier. There are rewards. But moreover, you can you can rest easy knowing that you're helping produce this program, helping move the conversation forward on an episode-by-episode basis. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. And until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt.